Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Two weeks ago on the show, I talked with country singer Lynn Easterly about her involvement with the Project Route 66 Billboard Association, which led to a bigger discussion we were having about artists getting involved with charities. Lynn was checking in on that episode from just outside of Nashville. Well, close to home, I had renowned violinist Eden Vanning here in the studio on episode 113. While she has performed with some of the biggest names in music, ranging from Led Zeppelin to Ray Charles and Luciano Pavarotti, we talked on that episode about how for 15 years she has directed an underprivileged music alternatives violin program at the High Point YMCA. And if you go even further back, all the way to episode 48 of this show, the guest was Susan Patricia Golden from over in St. Petersburg. She founded Universal Music Day, which, by the way, will be celebrated this Friday, September 30th, and is also something very giving back to the arts driven. So in making sure that I practice what I preach and giving you, the listeners, some insights from guests who aren't just week after week, singer and or songwriter after singer and or songwriter, joining me today here in the studio, my guest is the founder of a local nonprofit based here in the greater Tampa Bay area called Instruments of Change, doing some really awesome work and seeing some artists, a couple of which have been or are scheduled to be on this very show, pitching in to help them out. The organization's aim is, quote, to profoundly impact the lives of disadvantaged children through the gifts of musical donation, excuse me, musical instrument donation, end quote. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, the founder of Instruments of Change, Glenn Schubert. Thank you, Bruce. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. Thanks for coming in today to do this. Oh, it's it's awesome. We love to tell the story. Well, I just gave, I want to say, the 25 words or less description of Instruments of Change, but as the founder, you're the real spokesman for the organization, and hey, we've certainly got time, so expand on that, Glenn. Tell the listeners about Instruments of Change. Oh, well, thank you. I will. Um, Instruments of Change started uh, years ago. I was an entrepreneur, uh, wrote a business plan for it back in the late 90s, and, and being an entrepreneur and a capitalist, it was nonprofit, so I put it on the shelf and ignored it for a number of years. And then back in 2009, things worked out where my wife and I could start this as a full-time effort. And it really will need full-time effort going forward as well, uh, because there are a ton of kids that need this. Uh, We all know that budgets are being cut in schools and the exposure to music education is less and less. So our primary mission there is to bring that educational experience to these children and its musical instrument donation, uh, instruction and performance is what we provide for them. 
Yeah, sadly, being cut, it's they always say it's it's one of the first things to go in the school systems is is music programs, and you you probably know that as well as any of the people that are vocal about it. We do, and you know the sad thing is most of the studies that we cite are funded by the Department of Education, and they tell you that kids who learn to play do so much better, and so let's cut the program. <laughs> go figure. I don't know. Uh, before we dig deeper into all things instruments of change, I do want to introduce the topic of the events that you do, at least right now as it relates to one that's happening this Friday night, September 30th, over in St. Petersburg. I'm blessed that this show has gotten listeners in over 120 countries around the world. For those of you outside the greater Tampa Bay area, bear with us here for just a minute or two while I have Glenn talk about what's going to be going on then. Well, what it is, it's an in-the-round concert. Uh, We've had a number of these at the hideaway. Uh, The hideaway, for those of you out there in the rest of the world, is a listening room. Uh, It is a place where artists can come and do original material, talk about the inspiration behind it, and share their motivation in writing and performing. So it's, it's an ideal situation for instruments of change because part of what we bring to our kids is that kind of knowledge, that there is something you can do with your music and your talent. Uh, Part of the uh, event is what's called an In the Round. We bring in three uh, artists, uh, some out of town, some local, but they work in the round, and they each perform about four to five songs, one after the other. They're all on stage together, so there's interaction between the artists. And then we've got our uh, feature performers, the Reese Brothers, uh, from right here in Clearwater. They're a dynamic uh, young duo that are just really uh, beginning to see them make their mark in music. So it's an exciting event. And you've had uh, some... There's been a lot of these events over the years. You just mm-hmm. said Instruments of Change was, I, I guess, officially founded in 2009, maybe you'd say. That's right. So you've had a lot of these. You've had some other, you were mentioning one just before we started recording today, a, a name that everybody would recognize. Which one is that? Is it, uh, <laughs> we were talking about a number of different Robin things. Robin Zander. That's right. We did have an event uh, called The Life of a Song at the Capitol Theater in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, the Robin Zander Band was the uh, featured artists there, but we brought uh, songwriters in from around the Tampa Bay area. And we had uh, songwriters from Nashville, music publishing, legal, to go through a day-long series of seminars with these local songwriters on how to write the song, how to protect the song, how to, you know, what to look for and avoid in contracts. And it was an educational experience followed up by the concert in the evening. uh, I was going to ask you if if you only stick to local performers only, but you just said you, you did get some people from Nashville. I didn't know mm-hmm. if maybe it was for budget reasons or we're trying to keep this a, an entirely local effort or what, but you're saying, no, we actually had people from Nashville at that thing too. Yeah, we did. And, and you know, the long term, we'll talk a little more later, but the long term is to begin planting these instruments of change projects uh, around the country. But the goal for me was to build the model here in the Tampa Bay area first, prove the model, make sure there's local support and corporate support and that it would be a sustainable effort. Uh, before we try to venture outside our borders. I like that. Uh, I think they say, think globally, act locally, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Samantha Lee is going to be performing at the event Friday night. Listeners, she was the guest on episode 67 of this show. If you didn't already, go back and listen to that one, how cool it was having her sitting here in the studio talking about having just sung alongside Paul McCartney less than a week before our interview. Glenn, you've also had Daniel B. Marshall perform for Instruments of change listeners he was here too that was episode 51 of this show and i know that you've also had the duo of shane and emily perform at your events they are actually scheduled to be here on this show in just a couple weeks so glenn when musicians hear about events like those that you put on 
And this is what I was referring to back in the intro as far as my conversation two weeks ago with Lynn Easterly. Artists start to cringe when they hear that it's for a charity because they automatically tell themselves, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to get paid. But you have found that people like Samantha Lee, like Daniel B. Marshall, like Shane and Emily, you found them to be anything but that. These folks have gone all in with Instruments of Change. They really have. And, you know, early on, uh, we were able to produce some uh, television, 30-second television spots or video spots. And the concept was, I am an instrument of change. And we had Daniel B. Marshall in that. We had Shane and Emily. We had uh, Ken Apperson, another local artist, and some others come in and tell their story about how early on they didn't have anything. Mm. They couldn't afford instruments. They're expensive. And why they felt Instruments of Change was a good a good project to be involved with. And they've all stepped up. They've performed at the Stras Forest. They've performed at the Hideaway, uh, other events. And it's just exciting to have these artists, some from out, I guess, as far away as Orlando, that have come in, driven over and given up their time just to, to help the project. It's really well, and I know cool. that another youngster, another name that's been around the, I'll call it the Instruments of Change family, is Caroline Cole, mm-hmm. who technically is from this area based in Nashville now, but she's come, quote unquote, all the way from Nashville to help you out as well. So obviously she's another one that has embraced this concept and not, my point was, not said, hey, look, if you folks can't pay me, I, 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 can't, I can't get involved with this event. Exactly. And, and, you know, to have somebody like Carolyn involved is, is tremendous because she is a young rising star and, and very young when, I, when we speak about that. You know, I think she might be 18 now. And she played at our first event back in 2013. So, uh, you know, to have somebody that these kids, you know, we are teaching these kids at 10, 11, 12 years old to see somebody who isn't in their 40s or 50s or 60s, somebody who's just a few years older mm-hmm. than they are working hard and seeing results from that effort. It's, it's, it's exciting. The kids were really inspired by it. But couldn't it be argued that I don't want to I don't want to put too much pressure on instruments of change, no, but, but that you also have a responsibility with these kids that you're helping to show them this whole concept of giving back because, you know, again, there's too many artists out there. And this is the conversation listeners. If you didn't hear that episode two weeks ago, this is what Lynn Easterly and I were talking about. She's just outside of Nashville, but she has spent some time in Florida and she's been around for years. And so the whole idea was as an artist, as a performer, you have to get involved with some sort of charity and there will be some benefits to it. Now she was saying that, 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 uh, association that she's involved with if she performs they let her sell some merchandise there and she gives a portion of the sales back to them but in other words she's performing for free and she's selling merchandise and giving a portion back so she is making a few bucks off of it but just a few you know and you're right and it's it's more or less gas money if you want to call it that they're not they're not coming to an instruments of change event as an income producer for them we don't want it to be an income loser. You know, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I get it. It costs money to come and do things. So we try to give them those opportunities to set up a merch table and, and sell their wares and promote themselves as an artist. Um, that's part of the whole concept here is, is they're giving us something. We want to give them something back as well. And, you know, the listeners who are with me every week on this show, you know how grateful I am for all of you. And you know that I pride myself on this bizarre mental Rolodex that I have of all the episodes of the show. And this person was on this one. And this person said this on this one. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. It might've actually been Daniel B. Marshall 
who said on episode 51, and i putting the disclaimer out there that I could be wrong, but the idea of, yeah, you're going to get asked as an artist by a lot of different organizations to donate your time, to come and play for free. And the advice that was given was, you know, if it's something that really speaks to you, if it's something that really touches your heart, that probably tells you, go ahead and do it. And lo and behold, there will end up being somebody who's at that show that sees you or, you know, there's just so much, too many people, I'm, I'm here to say that too many people do come with their hand out and say, well, doesn't your artist want exposure? Well, exposure doesn't pay their electric bill or their cable bill or their cell phone bill, right. but at the same time, you know, Daniel, if he was the one that that said it on this show, was basically saying that, look, you're you're going to have to do it at some point. You should, and when it really touches you, then you'll know that it's going to come back to you. It, it will, and you know, when somebody is seen as a public figure, whether it's an entertainer or an actor or somebody, uh, the world begins to pull on them. It's a give me, give me, give me kind of uh, of concept. You know, they think, oh, you've got the money, but the reality is they've worked hard to get where they are, and. You know, I fall back a lot on my business experience. We've always come to artists with, here's what we have to offer. Um, We partner with some local music stores. Uh, Paragon Music here in Tampa is one of our partners. And when we came to them, they get pulled on by everybody. They've had charities walk through the door for 40 years saying, gimme, Mm. gimme, gimme. We came in and said, here's what we have for you. Uh, We want to explain to them that, you know, we're not your high volume, high profit client but we can increase the products that you order. We can increase the rentals that you have. We can we can help and bring something to the table because if they're not in business, they can't help us. And if it's just give, 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 you know, you can't. It's it, The world doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I like that approach that you went in there and told them, this is what we're going to do for you. Eventually, you did have to get to the ask and say, in exchange, dot, dot, dot. But to lead with, this is what we would like to do for Paragon, that's kind of different from what they're used to of, oh boy, here comes someone else with their hand out. What is, and you know what's really funny? You talk about the ask, and, and it's been very hard for me coming into the nonprofit world with an ask, because again, being in, in a professional environment, it's here's your ROI, here's why I want you to spend money with me. Uh, you know, we come to people now and say, okay, here's a concept, and it, it, it doesn't necessarily have hard numbers behind it. It's we're going to help these children. Here's what we're hoping to see. But I haven't had to ask our partners. They always ask us because we come in not asking. We come in saying, I think I can enhance the number of instruments you order. I don't want you to sell it at your full retail. I want you to cover the light bill and shipping. And, you know, you're going to you're going to break even or a little bit on what you, you know, sell to us. But we'll buy 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars worth of instruments. Mm and improve your side as far as what you order from your vendor that gets you better pricing helps you in the long run at some point they'll go well what can i do for you Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're not coming in pulling on them we're coming in bringing value to their business and i think that's a critical component with nonprofits. find a way to partner with businesses where you are a benefit to them Mm -hmm. you're not a drag on them and eventually you know they'll see your commitment to your children or commitment to your project and they'll say hey what can i do yeah, a lot of people like to throw around the term, well, we should we should form a partnership here. And it's not a partnership. You're just asking someone to spend money with you. That's, That's exactly not a partnership. Right. <laughs> and so we've tried to avoid that approach and I think we've been pretty successful. We've been blessed that we you know, we we have generous donors. Uh, we need more if you're out there, please feel free. But the idea behind what we do is we are not operating on a shoestring budget. 
Um, one of the fears in starting Instruments of Change years ago for me was I didn't want to look at a group of students two months into the program and say, sorry, guys, we don't have the money. We have to take mm. the instruments back. Wow. Wow. That, to me, would be devastating. I mean, I, Absolutely. I've been in business. Like I say, I can lose money. I, <laughs> there's not an emotional tie to money. <laughs> but with the kids, if we make a commitment to stick with them through the entire school year, we have to have the funds in place the day we make the promise, not hope they come in. Because just like in business, hope is not a strategy. You have to be very strategic about what you do. You have to be deliberate and be a good steward over every penny that comes in. And it, it really does work. So we uh, And it's okay, but we did get a little off track. We were talking about the, the event this Friday night. Mm -hmm. I want to mention you also have two events in November. What, what are the details of those? We do. Um, you talk about partnerships. Uh, the Center Club in Tampa, Florida, it's a business club. Uh, they have an annual fundraiser, and they've invited us to be a part of that. Um, there are three charities involved, and it's, a, it's an event where they bring in the bartenders from all of the private clubs in the area that are associated with Club Corp or Center Club. And they have a little con uh, contest called Bar Wars, where people vote on the best bartender. And it's a, it's a business event. It's a networking event where we encourage businesses that are members of the Center Club and who are exploring the Center Club to come in uh, and donate. And we'll have uh, silent auction items. We'll have chances to donate. And you vote for the one you think is doing the best job. And we're just really honored that they've, they've come to us and said, hey, we'd like you to be a part of this. And then on uh, November 10th, there's a local organization, again, in the Tampa Bay area called Corks for a Cause. And they host charities at their events where they invite people who uh, are of like mind. They want to support the community. They want to help those projects that are, are reaching out to those who can't help themselves. And so they've invited us to be a part. And they only select a few charities a year. And again, it's one of those things where you you just kind of look back and go, wow, I don't know how we got here, but but we're really blessed that they chose us. Uh, that event is taking place where? That's in Ybor City. Um, and I hate to say this, I'm drawing a blank on the venue, but okay, well, it'll November, be on our website. Yeah, November 4th, listeners, is the first event, the Bar Wars that Glenn just mentioned. And then, as he said, November 10th is the second one. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is the founder of Instruments of Change, Glenn Schubert. Do visit their official website at www.instrumentsofchange.com. And then, yes, they are active on social media, too. Down at the very bottom of the instrumentsofchange.com homepage, you will find links to them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Of course, if you are currently or will be in the greater Tampa Bay area this Friday night, September 30th, and or for one or both of the events in November, do visit their website and social media for details on attending. And of course, I'm sure Glenn would also love it if you would use the donate button on their website to make a financial contribution to the organization. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have on nhte.net the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, 
or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music, too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you very much, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned some of them already. Lynn Easterly from two weeks ago. I mentioned Susan Patricia Golden from episode 48. And also Daniel B. Marshall on episode 51, Samantha Lee on episode 67. And of course, if you are not a first-time listener, thank you ever so much for your continued support of the show and your interest. Glenn, let's dig a little bit here on the organization. Uh, Why musical instruments and and not some other kind of help for the students? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I I mentioned earlier uh, in the show about the the studies that we cite. Uh, by the Department of Education, and it shows that students who learn to play a musical instrument do better in math, they do better in language, they do better in cognitive reasoning, they do better in areas of self-esteem, lower drug and alcohol involvement, and much higher high school graduation rates. So when we look at reaching into the community of at-risk kids, one of the ways to reach them is through a positive uh, resource, and music is a tremendously positive resource. So rather than going in with an entitlement, because I think entitlements are killing the community, mm. we go in and give these kids a chance to earn a new musical instrument. So when we go in, it's a, an after-school program. They commit to two days a week. They commit to performance opportunities, what we call pass-offs, where they show uh, the skills they've learned. And they have to commit to the entire school year. Mm. So they have skin in the game, the way we talk about it. If they finish the entire school year, they've earned a new instrument for middle school band, but they don't get it at the end of fifth grade. They have to have to enroll in middle school band because mm-hmm. one of the things we're working on here is accountability. They have to be accountable to meet those goals and to, to follow through with the program. So by incorporating musical instruments, it's a fun activity. It's something that in the beginning is hard work. Learning those first few notes is pretty tough, mm-hmm. but then they become a team. They're a band. It gives them a social reason to be there. And it's, it's a positive influence, not just in, in the academics, but socialization. It's huge for these kids. So that's why we chose musical instruments. There's so I, many benefits. I like your approach and, and the different steps that you just described and the accountability because it's so different from a lot of parents would say, well, that's why I put my kid in sports. Yeah, but nowadays every kid is going to get in the game whether he or she is good or bad and every kid is going to get a participation <laughs> trophy whether he or she is good or bad and whether they were the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. And you're here to say, look, bear with us you're going to get something out of this, but we need to see that you're going to show up and that you're not just coming to say, I was on the team and I got my trophy and can we go to toppers and get some ice cream now? (laughs) That's exactly right. And you know, what's so frustrating to me. I, I, this is my first uh, foray into the nonprofit world in terms of, of being involved and running one. I've, we've donated, but I've never really been in the day to day. We have, have received some flack from other organizations because we don't just give things away. Mm, wow. Students actually get dismissed from the program if they don't keep their word. I was going to ask you if, if that's, you know, if there is a point where you say, sorry, you're there, not showing up, your attendance is terrible. There is. And it's, it's not just that you mess up one time, you're out. I mean, we're very big on multiple chances. We have to remember these are 10-year-olds. These mm. are 11-year-olds. And in many cases, they haven't been held to any real standard. It's just whatever happens. 
So we give them opportunity after opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I have to jump in because I'm laughing because all I can think of is all they've all they've experienced like it so far is their is their parents saying if if I get I'm going to count to three if I count to three there's going to be consequences and you hear these parents all the time that say one two Jimmy don't make me get to three. And and Jimmy's sitting there going, you know what, Mom? I dare you. Get to three because yep. you've gotten to three and nothing ever happens. And and so as much as I'm making light of this, they no. do come to instruments of change, scratching their head, going, wait a minute, I have to do what before yeah. you give me that? I have to work. It's and it is. You know, you're you're laughing, and we've had that same moment of of kind of it's kind of a revelation. It's like wow. But uh, the thing to remember, we have in, in average classes thirty to thirty-five kids that come uh, into band. We've got one out at Springhead Elementary that has fifty-six kids. I think. Wow! So in every population of students, there's we've found there's always a few that are cut-ups. They want lots of attention, or they don't want to follow the rules. They want to make their own way, and we understand that. We get that, but we can't focus twenty minutes of every forty-five minute class on two or three kids when I've got 33 others that really yeah. want to learn. Yeah. So it's not harsh. We are. I'm t- I don't want people to come away thinking we just kick them out, because we don't. <laughs> Our goal is to bring them all in, every single one of them. And we do everything we can to do that, but we're not going to do it to the detriment of the other kids. And the other kids recognize that. They feel appreciated. And, and it really does spur a lot of them on you know, when they see that we're keeping our word. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is LinkedIn is not just for business professionals. There is relatively easy access to great influencers and decision makers on there. Know the rules, though, so you don't get shut down by LinkedIn. And remember, Remember that you're on there to develop relationships, not to sell, sell, sell. You can make good headway with the free version, so take full advantage of LinkedIn's features and benefits. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. So let's be clear then, so that I am and the listeners are understanding this correctly. Do you just provide instruments for the children? No, not at all. In fact, that's one of the ways we differ from a lot of these charitable organizations that take in instruments. For a student to have an instrument through Instruments of Change, they have to be under instruction. They can be in another program. They don't have to be in one of our programs. But we have to verify with the instructor or the band director that that student is involved and playing. Um the other thing we do, again, we don't just hand them out because there's so many handouts out there. In every case, there has to be some earn in it. They have to have some means of earning the instrument to be able to keep it. When we do the band classes, we rent instruments uh, for the class itself, for the fifth grade. The students keep them. They take them home. They're responsible for them. So they're learning responsibility with those instruments and taking care of something of value. 
Um, at the end of the year, we turn those instruments back into the rental company. You know, they inventory it, they clean it, they, mm -hmm. you know, let's leverage their resources and mm -hmm. not ours. So, um, so those instruments, they don't actually own through the course of the program. At the point of graduation, they get a certificate that they've earned the instrument. Once they receive that instrument, it's theirs. And, okay. and we stress with them, this is not free. How many hours did you put in? You know, two hours a week in class, three, four hours a week in, in practice, performance opportunities, pass-offs, all those things. And at $10 an hour, you just paid $3,000 for this instrument. Wow. You know, I mean, wow. it, and, and with these kids, it's an eye-opener for them. Hard yeah. work paid off. Well, and I'm glad that you said that because I, you know, I subscribe to the theory that the only dumb question is the one not asked. And I was <laughs> going to ask you, do the kids eventually get to keep the instrument or not? They <laughs> so do. Now, so now you've made it clear what the difference is between the rentals and the and the eventual. Mm -hmm. Now this is yours, Jimmy. Take it home, keep it, play it, and you're yeah. welcome. And we make a big deal out of that moment in time because, again, they're 10, 11 years old. They may not have gotten the concept of you earned this and here's how you earned it and hard work paid off. And we stress that to them because they'll get into middle school and other kids, oh, you got a free instrument. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. You worked for this. Well, but so to differentiate again, so you mentioned about mm -hmm. the rentals, but so how exactly does Instruments of Change get the instruments that get given away? Mm -hmm. There's a variety of ways. I mentioned the partnership with music stores. Um, Paragon's been great with us here in town. Um, but we also have people donate gently used musical instruments. The ones that are like new, that are, uh, you know, really good quality, those we can donate back to the kids that have earned instruments. But we don't want to go in with those kids and say, okay, here's a beat-up instrument. You know, you worked for a year. Here's a beat-up instrument. Um, it has to be like new for it to become one of those. But we can use some of the donated instruments in the program so we may not have to rent instruments. So we get trumpets donated. We get clarinets donated that we can use during the fifth grade class. Um, they may be beat up a little bit, and that's fine. You know, these are rental instruments. They don't all look pretty anyway. So we use those instruments, and then some people donate instruments that can't be played. I mean, they don't know. They're giving generously. They're thinking, this is great, mm -hmm. but we'll take it to a music store. They'll evaluate it and say, no, don't fix it. Mm. It costs too much to fix. Well, we have local artists that can turn those into art pieces that ah. we can do silent auctions. We can, they can offer them wow. for sale and donate the money back. So we try to make use of everything that comes in. So in other words, you, Instruments of Change, will still use those unplayable instruments. Yes. Obviously, you're just not giving them to someone to try to play. Correct. But it's, it's about using it's the resources creative. we have. Yeah, there, there are a ton of revenue sources out there. You just have to be creative to find them. And they're not always about a donor. Sometimes it's about an artist creating something to sell. Sometimes it's a silent auction item. You know, there's a variety of ways. As an artist manager, instead of just saying, you never know who might be in attendance at one of your gigs, I have been running Now Hear This Incorporated long enough that I have firsthand stories about people who've been in attendance at a client's gig and the cool things that have come from that. In your case, Glenn, I've got to believe that you've been at it long enough with instruments of change that you've likely seen some unexpected benefits. Well, we have not, not necessarily artist related, but with the kids... Um, you know, we talk about the benefits in education. They'll do better in math, higher graduation rates, yeah, all of that. Yeah. One thing we didn't expect, um, you know, the, the statistics there show improved self-esteem, but we didn't realize how that would manifest. And you see these kids coming in. And again, these are what we, we classify or are classified as at-risk population. Um, high rates of poverty, high rates of drug and alcohol involvement in the families, um, low grade point averages, failing schools, you know, they have a lot of things going against them. 
So a lot of them don't want to go to school, and they're not prompted by parents or guardians to go to school. There's not that motivation that I had when I was younger. You know, I was blessed to have two parents that, you know, they, they valued education. It was important. Um, I was encouraged to do well. These kids, a lot of times, don't have that. Not all of them. Some We, we have some fantastic parents out there. But a lot of that population is underserved. So when these kids get to sixth grade and they've come out of fifth grade having learned to play an instrument, they already play as well as a lot of the seventh graders. Mm. So when they walk into sixth grade band and they can read the music and play a scale, <laughs> the band director notices. Yeah. And then this becomes a go-to kid. Hey, would you show him how to play this? Would you show her how to play that? Wow. So they suddenly become this, you know authority yeah, they, on things their chest puffs out a little bit it does and it's this i worked hard and i'm here kind of pride it's not you know the i'm better than you it's i've got something i can offer here. yeah and we've had parents come to us in tears because the only reason their student wants to go to sixth grade or seventh grade is banned but they want to go to school and we've got others where they wanted to play in the jazz band but you had to have a c average to play in the jazz band and the kids are doing homework without the parents pushing or prompting. Yeah, Jimmy is coming home from school, and he's in sixth grade, and he's saying, Mommy, guess what? Joey, who's in seventh grade, came up to me today and asked me how to... And how to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's such... You know, we talk about self-esteem, but seeing it in play, seeing the looks on their faces, having parents come to you and say they actually want to go to school. And, and now we've got some of our kids from our very first class who are seniors in high school this year. And they're at magnet schools. Uh, there's a local school, Blake High School, where mm-hmm. a number of them are playing in the band. It's a band you have to audition to be a part of. Well, but at the same time, so I wonder, because two questions came to mind as you were talking. One is, you said you consider them uh, at-risk kids or whatever was the mm-hmm. phrase that you yep. used. Yeah, that's so it. how does Instruments of Change what are the criteria that Instruments of Change puts in place to say you're actually not eligible because you're not at risk? And then and then the other side of that is, how does Instruments of Change go out and find those kids to say, hey, these kids are at risk and they would really benefit from our program? You kind of might be amazed, but the school system of all places is is one of our better partners. There are schools that are that are classified as Title I schools. Um, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's something like 95% free lunch programs, you know, families that qualify for these things. So through the system, they are identified as low income, at risk. Okay. They're in neighborhoods that have high drug and gang involvement. There, there are a number of social criteria that, that kind of has, has them So the schools are doing the vetting for you. You don't have to be under the microscope of a parent to come to you and say, wait a minute, who are you to say <laughs> right. that we're on this side and thus my son or daughter doesn't qualify for your program? Right. We, we don't have that. And it's really, it's so funny. It's an economic thing more than anything. Um, but it's not just the school system. We work closely with the boys and girls clubs. And they're in a lot of the, the communities, kind of similar community situations, low income, public housing. Um, high free lunch program, lots of unemployment. I mean, the unemployment rate in the inner cities is enormous. So, you, you know, it's it's not as hard to find as you might think. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is the founder of Instruments of Change, Glenn Schubert. Visit their official website at www.instrumentsofchange.com. And then look for them on social media, too. Down at the very bottom of the instrumentsofchange.com homepage, you will find links to them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And as I mentioned before, if you are currently or will be in the greater Tampa Bay area, either this Friday night, September 30th, and or for one or both of the events in November that Glenn mentioned, do visit their website and follow them on social media for details on attending. And as of course I mentioned before, Glenn would certainly appreciate it if you would use the donate button on their website to make a financial contribution to the organization. But as you just heard, you can also contact them if you have gently used instruments that you would like to donate. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio on nhte.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music as well. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned a good number of them already, and apologies, uh, Eden Vanning forgot to mention during the last reset, had mentioned her being a guest back on episode 113. And I always encourage new listeners to go back and listen to episode 101, where we did a best of from some of the first 100 episodes of this show. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. Glenn, uh, many people don't play an instrument but would like to help. I've mentioned a couple times about the donate button on your website. Are there other ways people can help, or is it just instruments or financial donations, and that's it? Well, you know, obviously instruments and the financial donations are the two most critical. But one of the things that people don't realize is that we are a business. Um, Accounting services are important to us. If you're an accountant and want to donate your services, that's big uh, for an organization like ours. Uh, Web design is a big component of what we do, because anymore a business isn't surviving if you don't have a decent presence on the web. Um, there are business services that you may think are nothing, you know, to you, uh, you know, doing these forms or filling this out or knowing the ins and outs of public government in ways uh, that we can find uh, grants and other resources. To you, it's second knowledge, but to us, it's not. So if you've got an idea, a way you think you can help any business, if you wanted to step up and say, we want to help you to grow, we want to help with technology, we want to help with uh, whatever business services, that's kind of important. And it's important for any charity. You know, I'm here promoting instruments of change. But uh, I'm a big proponent of help other people be successful. And we recently had a young lady in a grants program come to us wanting to write a grant. And I talked to her a little bit and realized her passion was not music at all. I mean, it wasn't even close. (laughs) It was orphans. And Uh I encouraged her, got her connected to to a charity, and she's writing a grant for them. But the idea is be passionate about what you do. So if you like what you're hearing about what Instruments of Change does, get creative. I would imagine that we talked a few times uh, trying to plug these events that you have coming up. I would imagine that you probably have a call. And granted, for those of you who are listening from elsewhere in the country or somewhere outside the United States, it wouldn't apply. But presumably there would be a need for volunteers, at least day of events. Mm -hmm. There are. And, you know, for the hideaway event uh, coming up this Friday... We're covered on volunteers. We're okay there. But contact us about the other events. Contact us about things like the kids' concerts. 
you know, we one of the things that we do with our kids, uh, they're all school hours. So most of the band programs ha- happen between 2 and 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm. If you can come help during that time, that's critical. What about, for uh, but. what about, you said before that, you know, you're really trying to perfect this here in the greater Tampa Bay area, mm-hmm. and eventually it might be something national. I'm, I'm thinking of the franchising concept. If there's someone mm-hmm. listening right now who's in Boulder, Colorado, says, boy, I really love what this guy's doing. I would love to do this here in, in the Boulder area. Mm-hmm. Can someone contact you to say, I want to start up this Instruments of Change concept out here? Or is it, you know, thanks for the interest, but right now we're trying to grow this, you know, from Florida up and you know and not just jump around the country well we're we're farther along than we used to be so right now it's still a not yet but it's not as far out as it was um we have a list of people who have contacted us from the beginning and that's Mm. the beauty of the web is you're reaching everywhere um that's another area you mentioned how can people help we're right now actively seeking somebody with franchising experience at the you know corporate level somebody who knows how it works and why it works Um, that can help set up accountability with organizations. Because if we're going to set up an Instruments of Change in Colorado, for example, people donate things to it. We need mechanisms to make sure those donations are handled correctly. We need, you know, (laughs) there's experience in all of this that, that we need. And it's, it's going to be experience that comes in to say, I've done this and how to do this. I am a huge, huge hockey fan. For those of you uh, that are in, I'll say, Africa, <laughs> thank you for listening. But uh, I, I guess to you, I have to say ice hockey because uh, there's parts of the world where people think of field hockey. So right. I'm a huge ice hockey fan, and obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning are my team. I love that the NFL season is underway. Don't get me wrong. Go Bucks! But it's it's pretty much NHL training camp and preseason time, too, already. The Tampa Bay Lightning Foundation has a Lightning Community Heroes program that you that Instruments of Change was the beneficiary of. Talk about that. We were. It's uh, It's been about two years ago now, and the Lightning Foundation is doing tremendous work in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, they donate $50,000 to a charity at every single home game. So they have a, a vetting program. They meet with the charities. They run through your books. <laughs> you know, you're nominated by community, people in the community, and then they have to winnow it down to here are the award winners. Uh, we were treated so well. I mean, I can't begin to say enough about it. But what they allowed us to do is start new band programs. And through those individual band programs now, we've had hundreds of kids come through and earn instruments. It also gave us a lot of public uh, visibility. You know, when you receive this award, um, the Lightning being a very visible organization, it really does connect you. Yeah, you figure there's probably, I'll say, 19,000 people in the building that night. Then it gets mentioned in the newspaper the next day. The Lightning put it on their website. As you say, the beauty of the web, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, you know, there is somebody who's in Manitoba. All of a sudden, it's outside the United States that's that's finding out about this. And just, you know, I, w- I will say I'm a huge Lightning fan, but I'm also a huge Jeff Vinnick fan. Have not had the pleasure of meeting him personally yet, but just absolutely love, love, love what he has done for the greater Tampa Bay area, what he is doing what he's going to do. I just think the guy's brilliant and, and we're, we're blessed to have him as the owner of our team here. Um, you mentioned before this idea of growing out through through the country and franchising. It's, and, and I was going to ask you as, as we wind things down here, if there was some sort of target out there that you wanted to someday hit for instruments of change. I didn't know if it was, you know, well, we have a, a thermometer that we keep in our office of how much we've raised in donations. We're trying to get to this level or if it's, you know, our goal is to someday have uh, an instruments of change student become an acclaimed superstar or something else. Is, is there something or is 
is it this idea of taking it national? Well, there are a lot of components to that in terms of taking it national. Uh, when I started it, I, I started on a 10-year plan. Uh, we're seven years in, and we're right on track. Uh, but it is proving the model here. When you talk about going national, one of the things that, that we do as a charity, we leverage other people's assets. We're not building the Instruments of Change Center because there's brick and mortar, there are lights, there's air conditioning, there's water, already a setup with kids already there. So we use their assets. We come in and facilitate the music program that, that brings these benefits to the kids. So when people donate, the money's actually going to the programs, not to a physical plant, not to you know, all these other things. In fact, when you mentioned the lightning, one of the reasons um, we were awarded was because our overhead is tremendously low. Mm. Um, Interesting. So in order to go national, we're going to need to have people on staff. For that to be, you know, comfortable in my brain, we have to have a significant amount of money come in because we're not going to take 50% of the money that comes in and put it into administration. It's mm -hmm. just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we have to grow to that level or... You know, you never know on this podcast or somewhere, there's somebody who's going to go, I want to help this go national. Here's, you know, we need three to five million dollars to go national just mm -hmm. to be able to support the salaries and put the percentage into the programs that needs to go into the programs. Well, we're just about out of time, but uh, I can't let you go without revealing to the listeners that you do know what to do with a guitar if it's if it's put <laughs> in your hands. So before we wrap this up, uh, I do, do. You care to give us a little insight into this musical prowess of yours? I don't know. Where did you get that? <laughs> Let's just say I saw you with a guitar in your hands and you seemed like you knew what you were okay. doing with it. <laughs> Almost like I did, huh? So is this an invitation to play or is this? No, I just wonder, is there a, is there a musical background? That, that we oh, don't well, know there, about? There is. Um, you know, I grew up in a musical family. Uh, you know, our last name is Schubert, and there's a famous old composer <laughs> by that name. My father was a concert pianist. Um, it played with the Philadelphia Philharmonic early on, you know, when we we're going back into the 40s now. But uh, we all had to learn an instrument. And in the beginning, it was we uh, had to learn an instrument. Uh, oh, I don't want to practice. <laughs> and now I'm really glad that we did. I play piano, I play guitar, wow. uh, and a number of other instruments. Wow. But, and every day, I play every day. So. so does that mean it was a natural in, in turn we didn't we didn't talk about we didn't talk about how or why did you found instruments of change in other words as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. you could have said and it could have been a different personal attachment uh, I lost my grandfather to cancer so I've started up this mm -hmm. uh, nonprofit that helps uh, people with cancer that are elderly you know whatever um but I, am I am I on the right track here that because of this rich music history in your family, it was kind of a natural that your entrepreneurial brain would go in that direction? Yeah, very much. You know, I, I, as a lifelong musician, love playing, love the effects of music on people, the joy that it brings. But I also read a lot. And over the course of the years through the 90s, I read over and over again about the benefits of music for children. And with music being expensive and us having an opportunity to help, we thought this is a natural. You know, you find your passion. Uh, you know, young education, early education is big for me. Uh, and how can I help the kids that can't get this kind of help? You know, in the upscale neighborhoods, lessons and instruments are easy to come by, but mm -hmm. they're not for these kids. So it is, it's a combination of that passion for music and really wanting to give back somehow that made made a substantial difference. Well, Glenn, uh, congratulations on all that you've Thanks. achieved so far in the in the first seven years of, of Instruments of Change and, and best wishes going forward, not only for the remainder of, of the 10-year plan, but obviously this is something that, that you're in it for the long haul. So all the best and, and God bless you. It's a, it's a very admirable initiative. 
Thank you, Bruce. I'm glad you had us on here. And I would encourage, you did mention people donating. We ask people to donate an amount they consider generous. Because to somebody who's wildly wealthy, one number is, is big. To somebody else, it might be a dollar. And every single penny that comes in is used wisely. We will be good stewards of that money. Wonderful. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to the founder of Instruments of Change, Glenn Schubert. Do check out their website. It's www.instrumentsofchange.com and then engage with them on social media. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram. For that matter, tell them that you heard Glenn on Now Hear This Entertainment. And don't forget about their events this Friday night, September 30th, and then the two in November that Glenn talked about and keep up with them online so you can find out about other events in the future. Do consider getting involved with Instruments of Change through a donation or some other means. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and repost episodes there is how you share. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. (laughs) 